Welcome to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here is your host, Chris Brown. Welcome in, folks. This week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. I'm Chris Brown, along with social media ninja, Mr. David Jong. AC Insider, Mr. Kenneth Grover. It is the week of August the 9th, the 10th, if you're listening to this. And um, gentlemen, how's the world treating you? David, how, how, how's the world treating you, David? Decent, I guess. It could always be a little bit better, but no, no complaints. Not Nothing to really complain about yet. <laughs> Decent, I guess. Okay, <laughs> I got you. I got you. How about you, KG? I'm doing all right. Okay. Probably, probably better than I deserve. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Good to know. Well, good. Well, good. Anything exciting going on for you guys this week? Last week? Anything? Not really? Not that I, not that I can think of. Okay. Not we exciting. Had, well, we had, a, we had a little slight technical issue last week, or should I just say a brain fart on the, on the host, producer, director, whoever you want, whatever you call me. Matter of fact, I sent David a text on Monday morning and totally freaked his ass out. So that was kind of fun to watch <laughs> through text messages there. But, uh, nope, I had to travel uh, Wednesday last week, and I packed up and got out of town, and I got to my destination realized the drive where I had saved the podcast was sitting on my desk all by itself, and I didn't get back until the weekend and so that kind of screwed us uh, on on that episode. So I apologize. But what we do have is the interview from that from that uh, from that show last week with our buddy Mr. Matt Pangrak from Bass Talk Live. He's going to be on the show tonight. Uh, actually, it was last week. We'll, we'll bring the we'll bring the interview to this week, and uh, we'll get him on the show here in just a few minutes and uh, go through that interview, which was a really good interview, and I'm excited about that interview. But a uh, lot going on here at the old Anglers Channel uh, as we are uh, almost midway through August. A lot of things happening. We had, um, what, Pro Circuit finished up week before last. Um, funny story. Funny story. We're supposed to have Kyle Hall on our uh, podcast last week as well. He won the Pro Circuit event. Uh, poor dude fished so hard he fell asleep and missed my phone call. So we'll get Kyle on here eventually at some point in time. And uh, get him on the show, and uh, that'll be uh, that'll be fun to do. Talk to him as well. But uh, you got the BPT going on right now on Cayuga, and then the Pro Circuit, I guess, kicking up next week. Is that right, David? Next week for the, the title. The title for the Pro yes, Circuit sir. is next week, right? Got that. When do the boys go to Hawaii or Wahoo or South Dakota? When do they go up there? Do we know? I know it's nineteenth. I know it's coming up. Okay, so not next week, but the week after. Uh, no, is it? That is next weekend, isn't it? It is. It's over, they overlap. That's why. That's why John Cox is not fishing the title. If we notice that, John Cox will not fish the Pro Circuit title. Andy Newcomb from Camden, yep. Missouri, has been added because John Cox will miss the event because they overlap. So. Just tells you Cox is really putting a lot of value on his points over on Bass, and he's worried about, you know, 
catching smallmouth on St. Lawrence there for the uh, Pro Circuit title. So we'll have some contests going on around the title. And of course, Bassmaster on Hawaii as well. So a lot of, uh, lot of fun stuff coming up over there. And of course, the August Awesomeness Awards. <clears throat> Sorry, I cast. Your title still sucks. Ours is better, right? So August Awesomeness Awards. We're in the final round going on right now. And if you haven't play, played or put your vote in yet, you need to get on that. We have whittled this thing down to where we have a category winner for each of the categories that we chose. Uh, watercraft went to Old Town Topwater. Boating accessory went to the Big Rig Bassin 360 Sonar Quick Disconnect Mount Eyewear to the Costa Jose Pro, where they should be. Uh, Under Armour Fish Hybrid Hoodie won the apparel. Yeti won the cooler. Mega Live Image Target Lock won the electronics. Bait Fuel, never heard of it, wins accessories. Tackle Management went to the Plano Edge Frog Box. And on and on and on. So make sure you get online and vote. Anglerchannel.com. Click on Contest. Click on Awesomeness Award. The final round. Choose one as what you would say is your best of show. I know what Kenneth was. I saw his his deal come through. David, have you chosen yet? Have you chosen your best of show as of yes, yet? Yes, I have. And what was it? Do you care? Do you care to tell? Oh, sure. I think it was what the what the Johnson Outdoors people <laughs> were expecting to win, but it was the I picked Meg on a live target. Target lock. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? That they were standing, that they were standing beside the stage, waiting to rumor walk had, up and get the award, had, and you know, rumor had it what they, they, they were all ready to accept the the, the award, and <laughs> but what they heard wasn't what they wanted to hear. So I got a great quote for that. I just can't say it on the show because it's a little, it's not PC. Um, kind of like the PC, but anyway, uh, I voted for the Jose Pros just because I I'm, I really like those a lot. KG, do you care to tell us what you voted for? No, I voted for the owner haymaker. Owner, why? Why the haymaker? Uh, well, I, because I think it might be the best hook ever made. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. They they currently have one that that's already, in my opinion, the best hook ever made, and that's the wide gap plus. Okay. And part of what makes that hook so good, the haymaker is taking it just a step further. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. So, owner so hook it's haymaker. Actually, it's actually something that will help you get more fish in a boat. Okay. Well, I believe it when I see it. David invited me fishing this week, but uh, I can't go. <laughs> Turns out he invited the wrong person. So, thanks for that, David. I feel a lot better now knowing that. So I didn't but, invite uh, anybody. I was just trying to promote plants for this weekend. Yeah. Well, you invited somebody, so <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me. So that's pretty funny. But make sure uh, you guys go. Uh, I didn't get any messages from him. Well, uh, he hit me up by mistake, so I don't know why. He and I were texting back and forth on another matter, and then all of a sudden I get uh, – you know, you want to go fishing this weekend? I'm like, I'd love to, but I can't afford the gas See, money. He doesn't up there. fish anyway. Like, See, he doesn't fish. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. So, but like I said, go to anglerchannel.com slash uh, main giveaway or go to contest and click the awesomeness awards and make sure you choose your best of show. I wonder if I can get, I wonder if I can get in there and see if I can tell who's leading so far. I bet I can some way, somehow. But uh, I'm getting there and do that. But a lot of great products in there. 
And lo and behold, our friends from iCast have come out with this same exact, almost exact, the same exact game, David. What, was, what were you thinking when you saw this? Because I didn't get that email. It's funny. It's really funny, okay? I didn't get that email, right? I didn't get that email, but I got an email today from them on a different matter. So am I just being excluded from this game or what? I think they, they may have figured since you gave them the idea, they didn't want to, you know, clue you in on the fact that they stole your idea. Well, they, I mean, they blatantly stole my idea. The only problem is we had a little more, uh, we had a little more going there in our, in our deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting to say the least. So pretty interesting, but that's going to be going on over at, uh, I don't even know the website. Uh, that they're going to do it. I'll find it and we'll talk about it next week. But um, that's going on as well. well. That'll be going on, I think, the 21st through the 27th. So they're going to give you a week to vote on the on the winner and make sure you share it and all that good stuff. So make sure you share ours as well. I'd love to um, I'd love to get this one going a little more. We got a lot of folks playing right now. Need to need to up that game a little bit and see uh, see what we got. So got a lot of wow. This, look at this deal now. This is all over the board. I mean, all over the board, which is pretty awesome. So this is really cool. I mean, little, pretty much everybody's got a – well, let's see. Yeah, pretty much everybody's got a vote in this deal so far. So this is going to be really, really interesting to see what uh, what we got here. Let's see. looks like – You would hope at this point, you know, one item wouldn't just run away with it. No, they're not. I mean – I'm just going to be really honest with you right now. Uh, Bait Fuel's got a number of votes. Jose Pros. Target Lock's got a bunch of votes. The Old Town. Uh, the Haymaker there. It, it's It's got a few. But pretty much everybody's got a vote in this deal so far. So, uh, But a few guys are stepping out ahead. So y'all make sure you get in, vote. And, uh, I mean, get in there because, I mean, heck, we could have a – we can have a really, really cool giveaway at the end of this deal, and it could we, we could be giving away a lot of cool stuff. Um, speaking of which, I had it written down. Where'd it go? Our winner this week is Bobby Sharber. Bobby Sharber wins a Sportsman's Warehouse gift card as well. So uh, just for playing. That's all it is, play. But we're going to have some actual product to give away at the end of this deal and uh, give that out. So y'all be on the lookout for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, keep those votes coming. You got till Friday night at midnight of this week to get those votes in, August the 12th, I believe. Uh, get those votes in. And, um, yeah, so make your voice heard. Let us know what you think is the best of show from iCast 2022. Uh, and speaking of that, our friends at Vicious offering up a 25% discount on 100% fluorocarbon. Go to getvicious.com. Use the code ACVIC25 to get 25% off 100% fluorocarbon through August 15th. So through next Monday, you, get, uh, you can get some... Discount on some line, and now is a great time to be stocking up online, isn't it, KG? Yes. Yes, he says. Yes. Yes, it is. So um, with that, we're going to take a quick little break. I mean, only if you want to be prepared. I well, mean, if you want to be you know, prepared, then stock up. I mean, who wants and to you be? you can save money while you're, while you're at it. 
who wants to be prepared? I mean, I don't, right? But I mean, I I did, I did go buy some line. David's like, you're never prepared. You're the, you know, David's <laughs> like, David's a month out on all of his deals, and I'm over here like, you know, two minutes out, barely, basically. So, but uh, but yeah. So with that, with a quick little break, when we come back. Our buddy Matt Pangrak from Bass Talk Live is going to join us. Talk about the opens. Talk about all the fun stuff he's got going on and what's happening with him and Bass Talk Live right here on the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Hey, Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see. Probably stranded out in the middle of the lake. That's right. You know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason, not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries, and not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay, you talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit relyonbattery.com slash anglers channel and use our special promo code anglers channel for 10% off your purchase. Did I mentioned they also offer fast and free shipping. You didn't, but even better. So hey, what are you waiting for? Get hooked on Relyon Lithium today. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. We're going to go ahead and jump right into the show. Uh, we got our good buddy from BTL Bass Talk Live, Mr. Matt Pangrak, on the phone with us. Matt, we talked about this at ICAST a little bit. And uh, over a really, really good steak and probably the best calamari I've ever had, Matt, at dinner that night, wasn't it? Yeah, that was absolutely incredible, not to mention half the ocean for the uh, appetizers. I was, I was a little overwhelmed. I've never seen them just cut lobsters in half like that. I'm going to have to <laughs> try that one of the three times a year that I eat lobster. How many lobsters did you have that night? Because you kept going back, if I remember right. I'm, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say, but I believe I ate two and a half lobsters, Chris. <laughs> well, I had like 42 shrimp, so... I'm not a big lobster guy, but I did all the shrimp, I think. So uh, I think we're we're probably even as far as that goes. But uh, I, that was the first time in my life that I had heard the phrase bottomless lobsters. 
that's that's the one that's the one dinner at ICAST you want to get there early for because otherwise you may not get any because there was you know all the bass guys are there and some MLF guys you've you've got to kind of fight and claw your way in there to to make sure you get enough so absolutely <laughs> well dude thanks for uh, coming on the show tonight and talking I know at ICAST we talked a little bit about the opens and you're an opens angler. But um, before we get into that, you're in your 18th season of BTL, or BTL's in its 18th season. How many seasons of those? You've been around quite a while with those, haven't you? Yeah, this is either my 14th or 15th. Uh, Mark uh, Jeffries, who, who started it all, is counting when he started with uh, Sirius XM days back with uh, Gary Judici when they were on right. uh, well, Sirius XM on one of the sports channels and then uh, transitioned right over into uh, Bass Talk Live from there, but I came on full time in 2008, and then started on the show full time. Like I think right around 2009, 2010 that time. So, 13, 14 years. You know, I, David and I were talking about this on the uh, on a ride back to the hotel that night after dinner. And dude, you're like a I don't want to say a mini Ken Duke, but I mean you're like a bass historian for the most part you've got some you've got some stats and knowledge on this game that blew me away and i've been in this game 20 years yeah it's it's kind of a weird combination of of how i got that way obviously i did all the writing uh right a lot of writing for bass zone back when the website did a lot of articles so i got to know a lot of guys and then i went to all the elite series events for 10 years oh, so yeah. like when you're there and you're covering it and you're interviewing it you just remember all sorts of little stats, but probably the biggest reason why I'm like into the history of it is, uh, Harold Allen did wide open, which was a live show that we did. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I got to be on the water with him probably a hundred to 200 days over the course of the year. And, you know, he's like as old school as it gets going back to the hemp hill gang, uh, seventies, eighties. And he kind of had a deep appreciation for those older guys, the history of the sport kind of bring it up. So he kind of instilled that into me. Uh, so that's just kind of like a little bit of old school. And then, you know, I like like golf and baseball and I've always like been a big fan of like Tim Kirshen and like the history of, of the, the golf and, and it just kind of melded together. And there really wasn't much like kind of official history for bass fishing outside of Ken Duke and his archives that are locked away till who knows when, but, uh, <laughs> kind of became friends with Ken then. And then I was like the young guy who was like, kind of, uh, uh, helping Mark carrying all of his heavy stuff around for, for uh, bass zone and became friends with Ken. And that's kind of how it all just kind of happened by accident, really. Well, it's, it's definitely a cool deal. I mean, I, I know quite a bit of that stuff, but you were dropping some knowledge there the other night that it's like, <laughs> man, really? Is that? No, you're right. That's it. I mean, just it was some, uh, some pretty cool stuff. But and you've been in this game, like you said, since, what, 2008 and whatnot. How long have you been fishing the Opens? Uh, so I, I fished the opens for one year in, uh, 2015 and that was literally just like to kind of get my feet wet, see what it was like, got my butt absolutely whipped. Uh, so this is the third year that I fished the opens. I, I've focused really hard on, it was kind of a, a catch 22. So I fished in college at OU. I always wanted to, to fish, but I also didn't want to screw up my job in the industry by trying to fish. Right. So I was like, man, I've got, I got this thing by the tail. Uh, and I mean, to be honest with you, like I kind of hit my thirties and I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. 
take a little risk, step out, uh, fish the Bass Nations a lot, fish a lot of local and team stuff, uh, and then fish the Opens in 15. And then AFCO actually had a uh, they had a deal called Bass Boot Camp, and they did it uh, with with John Ziola in 18. And then in 19, I was the AFCO Bass Boot Camp uh, guy, so they paid all my entry fees into the uh, two divisions of the Costa Series at the time, now the Toyota Series, uh, and had had some success there. And I said, well, if I'm going to do it, uh, I'm going to go all in right now. Uh, and went on the, the fishing side since then. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I knew a long time ago that I was better off not trying to catch five a day to, uh, to, to feed my family. And I was just, I was going to be okay being behind the scenes and, and doing what I do in this industry. I, I love to fish, but I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere to the level that, uh, than you guys are, and especially now in my 40s, well past my mid-40s, I should say. I'm, I'm nowhere near that. I'm not, I'm not quite to Jeffrey's bowling stage, but I'm I'm past the point of trying to be an elite series angler. That's uh, that, that's for sure. But So the Opens, um, of course, Bass comes out a few weeks ago, right before I cast, with some changes in the Opens. And, I mean, we knew this was coming. It's been two or three years since – they've changed anything or mixed any of this up. So we knew mm-hmm. at some point there was going to be a change coming to how you qualify or how you win or this or that. But um, so they've changed it now to where if to qualify for the elites, you have to fish all nine. You can't just fish one division. You can still win one and go to the classic if you fish the entire division, but you got to fish all nine. And I remember David asked you this question, what you thought about it. And you were one of the first ones that I heard we're talking to folks that were extremely positive about the change. I, I am. And obviously I'm in a different position because this is the second year that I fished all nine. Uh, so, I mean, if you're an angler who's already committed to it, you like it, it gives you more chances, especially if you're planning on doing that in, in the future. Also just covering like the sport so deeply, like I said, every single lead series event for over 10 years, yeah. you know, covered every single professional event. And you hear, like, obviously, like, 102 pounds, 9 ounces, Jay Shakur, and these guys who uh, who are very talented, who have made it work through the three qualifying events to get on the Elite Series. But, dude, I mean, you've been out on the road. You know these guys. You, you've you worked with this in, in your past jobs with what you, you guys do with uh, Angler's Channel. Is There's a lot of guys that you don't hear of anymore who were relevant for a couple years, who got in qualified for the elite series, made their dream. This is what they've always wanted to do. They go out, they get their teeth absolutely kicked in because they're not prepared for it financially, mentally, the travel, uh, the competition level, and they're gone. And they're, they, they could be very well established pros, make a career out of it, support their family with it. But they were just able to qualify at a time when they didn't have their ducks in a row for it. And I think with the more qualifying tournaments you have, the more uh, prepared anglers you have to make a go at this as far as longevity for the health uh, of the Elite Series and for getting uh, anglers who are ready to compete at that level for more than just a couple years, go in debt, and then spend the next five years trying to recover from the, the two years they fished on tour. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it's interesting because we, we have seen that. You've seen guys that have, I don't want to say jackpot, but... You know, um, well, they pretty much jackpotted division over the past. You know, they they may have won. You know, it, it opens with Kentucky, uh, Pickwick or Kentucky Lake, and 
you see the same names jump in there and they may win, they may qualify for the classic and they think, man, this is this is a road we're going on. We're gonna we're gonna make the elites, we're gonna just do that. They're there a year, then they're gone. Or they don't even make it a year. They barely make it, yeah. you know, through just a few events. And you know, it's funny because you talk to those guys or somebody would ask me, How do you think so and so is gonna do here or do there when he, when they make it? And it's like, you know, I don't know because all you know of some guys is just like certain lakes and certain regions of the of the country and that's all they do uh but then you got guys like you know a jesse wiggins who you know heck he qualified through you know the southerns at at uh harristown one at a time or two and whatnot and he's done really well so it's interesting to see the guys that do well versus the guys that you think are going to play and, and and be around a long time i remember sitting back 20 gosh 2011 maybe 2012 um Looking back, we had uh, we were, we started in Orange, Texas. The elites did, and I'll never forget because they had that 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 pre-tournament meeting. I was at Bass at the time, and um, that pre-tournament meeting, guys get their headshots, all that stuff done, and they had all the rookies kind of hang back and wait. <laughs> and you know, and, and you know, at the time, Jerry McKinnis would say a few words to him, and he invited me to say a few things to him, like I like I knew anything about it. But, um, you know, we were talking to him, and, and I'm trying to remember those faces. And it was like a, a Cliff Perch and a Josh Bertrand and, you know, may, maybe one or two more that are still here. But the rest hadn't seen them in years. They, they you know, after, after about a year, they were no longer relevant. And you've got guys now, Quentin Capo and Garrett Paquette and a few others that they hung around for a couple of years, but just, you know, just couldn't make it stick. But they're trying to get back, it looks like. Yeah, and and the 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 interesting thing about that is like you look at a at a Garrett Paquette, we'll use him for example. That dude's like probably ready to do really well on the Elite Series if he can requalify through the Opens this year because he's just went through the ringer for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Like he knows the Southern Fisheries, he knows Florida now. He obviously knows how to catch him in his home waters up north, but it, it's just not a great scenario when I know it's the Bassmaster Opens. As long as you can get in and qualify. You pay your $1,800. Six days later, you're considered one of the top 90 to 100 <laughs> anglers in the world. Right. And and what have you really done? You've paid uh, $5,600 in entry fees and you fish for six days. Right. Like name another quote unquote major sport where you could literally have never touched any of the equipment for that sport. And six days later, you're on the top level. Yeah. No, no, there's not. There's not. What about guys like a Matty Wong who fished the Bass Nation? I would almost argue that maybe he's got more experience on different bodies of water than some of the guys that fished three events of the Opens. Would you agree or disagree? I, I don't know, but it, he might. Like I, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with Matty Wong, but like that's one of those feel good stories, man. You take his attitude and the whole Hawaii thing and the fact that he came through the nation, which is the grassroots. Yeah. Like I'm totally fine. Like with the grassroots, like I love Matty Wong and what he's doing on the elite series this year. I actually watch the elite series mix up videos. Like if he misses the cut and he gets on and it's just uh, shooting it with like Mercer or something like that. Like, like I, I love those, those nation feel good stories, obviously, you know, leading the pack of the way that there would be a Brandon Polinick. Sure. Uh, and then we've seen what, you know, Caleb Summerall's done. Summerall was actually at the 2017 Bass Nation Championship on Hartwell. Summerall was boat 49 and I was boat 48. We were right next to each other in the boat yard. And at the time, his uh, wife was pregnant. He had just quit his job. 
And his A plan, B plan, and C plan was to win the Bass Nation Championship and make the Elite Series. He had no backup plan. Wow. And he was, like, very uptight and tense during practice. Like, I I called uh, a couple of my other buddies from Louisiana. I was like, what's up with this guy? Is he, like, cool? Like, I, I, you know, we're working on tackle next to each other in the boat yard. And they're like, yeah, he's, he's cool. I was like, man, he doesn't really talk much. And they're like, yeah, he does. Dude, he was under so much stress. And that last day of practice, every day we get off the water. He say you catching them, and I'd say yes, because there's nothing worse like than intimidating your competition when you ask someone you on them, and they just say yes and nothing else. Like that's like, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, that guy's freaking catching them. So I would say yes because I was catching them. I thought I was going to do well, and he would say no, man, I'm not catching them. So the last day of practice, he don't say anything, doesn't say anything. I've been in Oklahoma a long time, <laughs> and uh, I said, are you catching them? And he looked at me and he goes, yup. <laughs> and I just started laughing and sure enough, he went out, he won the Bass Nation Championship. You know, he screamed up on stage there, held the trophy up and the rest is history. So uh, I'm all about the Bass Nation, guys. I mean, you've been fishing the nation for a while because I've, I've seen you at regionals over here in, in Alabama a number of times. And it's, it's, it's funny because every time I get called from Bass to shoot those photos, it's like, well, Oklahoma team, here comes Pangrak. I mean, you're always there. Yeah, uh, it's uh, – I think it's a great program. Uh, every state does it a little bit differently now. It'll be interesting with the little shakeup that's going on over at Bass, how the, the Bass Nation program evolves and changes. Uh, in in my opinion, they have like a sleeping giant on their hands there. Sure. Uh, if you want to if you want to put it in, in kind of verses against pitting against each other dollar wise, as far as sponsorship for organizations, what MLF is doing at, at the BFL level uh, is astronomical. Like that's super attractive to sponsors. Look at all those grassroots anglers, uh, that are, that are, you know, they're putting their products out of in in front of and promoting and, you know, Bass has had the weekend series in the past, but outside of the opens and the, the Bass nation, there's really not that level. And I think they have a really good opportunity now to take that Bass nation, uh, standardize it across the States, really make it public. So all those anglers at that level have uh, the knowledge, the ability, the opportunity to get involved with that and, and really grow the nation uh, over the next two years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry, I kind of got off the uh, the opus topic there for a minute, but I think no, it's all good. I think Kenneth's going to get us back on track here. I, I see that look in his eye over here. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, I I really think a lot of this decision was the fact, and I I kind of equate it to what makes the world go around is supply and demand. You know, I think it was 80-something anglers who signed up for all events, uh, you know, this this year. So that's got to tell these guys, you know, there's a, there's a lot of anglers willing to participate in all the Opens for uh, an increased opportunity to get in the Elite Series. And it's called the Elite Series for a reason. It's elite. It's hard to get into. There's only a handful of opportunities. So I, it makes sense to me that they, that they, they made this decision. What I want to ask you, though, is, from a sponsorship situation, do, do you see this as an opportunity for, you know, some of the, the manufacturers or the people that are involved in fishing as they're evaluating for their teams or sponsorship packages for the next season? Should they give these anglers a little bit more credence to what they're doing since since they are committed to all the opens with an opportunity to potentially go to the lead series? Should that carry more weight than other anglers? that's that's the million dollar question and i think you've seen uh i think you've seen uh, a hyper 
uh, increase in interest in the opens, particularly over the past three years, because you've either had, uh, you, you know, you've had a Scott Martin in it, a Jason Christie, a Greg Hackney, Iconella, even though he could have gotten in through the Legends exemption, fished it, uh, Justin Atkins, Jacob Peroznik, all these big name guys. And I think they've seen a lot of numbers on the opens. You know, they, they're going on a FS2 live on the final day for, for each of the final opens of each division. Uh, Bass is, is looking for more content. And I think they've realized, uh, you know, just, just strictly through the numbers that there's a lot of focus on the opens. Throw in there what Todd Castledine, Brad Hallman, Andrew Upshaw, uh, the guys, uh, uh, Greg Mansfield and Joel Willard. There's a lot of really good content from open level anglers up there. And I think, uh, I think that some of the sponsors and bass are realizing that they can kind of transition this into uh, dollars uh, for them. So you have uh, kind of a brand name already notoriety, some momentum behind these anglers who are making it. Now the key this year with all nine is, you know, bass is, is, rolling it out, calling them the elite qualifiers. Uh, I talked with Jim Sexton, who, who runs the dot-com with, with uh, Bass over there, and they're doing a, a lot more publicity, a lot more focus and segments on the open anglers. So the onus, in my opinion, also comes back to Bass as, hey, we're requiring you to pay $16,200 in entry fees now, fish nine events all across the country. Uh, as of now, they haven't adjusted the payouts. It's still top 40, and there's still 200-plus boats in the field. But what is Bass going to do for the anglers like me, like an Upshaw, like a Joel Willard, to be able to go to both endemic and non-endemic sponsors and mm -hmm. say, hey, uh, these are still the opens, but look at the bang that you're getting for your, your buck now to where it makes sense to, to invest in an open angler uh, as opposed to uh, an elite series angler and maybe get more uh, publicity and notoriety for your brand, for your company uh, at, at a more reasonable cost and having to go all the way to the elite series and then transition that with that angler to the elite series, hopefully in the next couple of years. The David, do you have something? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I can, I can follow up later. <laughs> Please go right ahead. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, well, well, Matt, I know, um, you know, we talked about your four, Fishing all nine opens, and mm -hmm. um, which is a, I guess, an unpopular opinion amongst the, the really young anglers that probably can't afford it. But uh, what are some lessons that you learned from fishing all nine, or for how have you grown as an angler from going that route? Yeah, so you have to look at the opens as an entirely different animal. I I, I look at the anglers who are really good uh, locally as, uh, and regionally as different from anglers who can catch fish across the country. Uh, the opens are, are entirely different animal because you have, uh, non-traditional fisheries. Like we go from Florida to tidal fisheries, to smallmouth natural lakes, to Texas fisheries, uh, and consistency uh, is key, especially if you're fishing uh, all nine opens. So, you know, if you're a, a young angler fishing locally and want to fish the opens, you know, doing well locally on one or two lakes is one thing, but I think you're better suited if you can consistently catch fish, even if it's not winning bags, 
across a wide variety of fisheries and constantly be pushing your boundaries, you know, from local to regional, because, uh, you know, at least for me, I, I kind of had a, a little leg up on the competition because I traveled all around the country covering this stuff for over a decade. So I had the travel part. I knew how that part was done. I had an understanding of how a lot of these fisheries fished and it was, it still is, obviously, if you look at my results, very challenging to try to figure that out as an angler. I think that's why you see so many of the established elite series and, and BPT guys who come on and pro circuit guys who fish the opens do so well is there's just a, a standard of fishing across the country that you understand and their base is higher than a lot of other anglers bases. Uh, they're, you know, they're starting at 12 or 13 pounds, whereas most guys are trying to figure out how to get to 12 or 13 pounds. That's why you see a guy like a Brandon Lester finish in the top 10 in the opens 48% of the time. Right. Right. Now they, you know, these guys that have been around and done that a long time, you know, and have cut their teeth there and then qualified for the elites, obviously. Um, but I mean, you look at guys like, I mean, uh, John Suka, obviously leading the, you know, the overall angler of the year right now in the opens, but, mm-hmm. you know, Cooper Gallant, you know, and uh, Logan Parks down in sixth. And you mentioned Joel Willard as well. Joel's been around this game. He was a, what a co winner on the FLW side for a long time and then jumped over yeah, I think into the boater side. One as a, as a co, but I mean, one back to back as a, a lot co, of those guys are stacking are, are, I mean, a lot of the guys you mentioned are just stacking derbies, dude. Like, tournament after tournament after tournament and the learning curve gets cut so dramatically when it's not one weekend a month and then you have to to bust your butt to figure out how to get to the next one for one weekend if you can figure out how to get on the water and stay on the water i don't care how many inches of graph you have on your boat how fancy your stuff is your rat time on the water will never ever be replaced and you take like a joel willard he fished nine opens and six NPFLs last year, 15 major events, $1,500 entry fees across the country. Uh, You know, you do the math on days at the water on, on practice and competition where that's your, your sole focus. And uh, you know, Coop is another, is another great example of that with what he does at the YouTube channel, what he's been able to do up North in Canada. Yeah. It might be his first year fish in the open. He might be 23, 24 years old. Maybe he's younger than that even, but like his days on the water are probably equivalent to someone in their mid thirties uh, for a quote unquote average angler. Sure. Well, you know, he reminds me a lot of a Polonic, you know, sleeping in tents and doing things that, you know, just. That's what I thought too. I was, I got a Polonic vibe from him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I can still see the, the, the bass times with, with Polonic, uh, when he won that, that, that Bass Nation Championship down in Florida. And then. <laughs> And then Jeans we, and a T-shirt. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And then we go to the uh, go to the classic, and I'm like, you know, that was the year in New Orleans where it was like fog delayed. You know, the first two days, like mega fog delay, and you know everybody's crowded around this kid, and I'm like, who who the hell's this kid? Who is this? You know, I can't even pronounce his last name, and um, I, I'll never forget because when, after Kevin won that, we were doing a photo shoot uh, for Strike King and for Bass and and whatnot, and. Um, the uh, I'll never forget his sister was at there at the boat ramp the next morning, bright and early. She was putting him in the water. He was going fishing, and I'm like, dude, you just you know you just got done with this deal. Now it's like I'm going back out. I got to figure out what I did wrong or where I missed it, you know, or what what happened. So you look at that and the time on the water, and I mean, you said it. You can't replace it. I mean, it's just it's like you I mean you said it perfect there. It doesn't matter what kind of equipment you got, you know, how many graphs and all that stuff. 
you got to be on the water to get this stuff figured out. You can't do it sitting in your office or sitting in your truck on your phone. You got to be on the water to do it. So. Yeah. And you have to have a game plan. You have to know what you're doing. Like, you know, I can, I can go out and swing a golf club for 12 hours a day and be dedicated, but if I'm not doing it right, I'm not getting better. <laughs> it's the, one, the, the guys who are heady enough to, to be efficient and know that they're growing on the water and that they're doing the right things, whether that's having some mentors around them, whether that's just being naturally gifted, having a dad who took him out, uh, fishing a bunch as a co-angler to kind of figure it out and then figure it out on their own. But it's, it's a two, it's the dedication and, and the time on the water, but also the right time on the water and, and spending it productively. Well, let's talk about that real quick because you had a quite the experience this morning on, on, on Bass Talk Live with Justin Luke, Lucas and, and, and Cooper. <laughs> I went back and watched yeah. that. That was, that was pretty rad, dude. I won't, I won't lie. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I kind of felt bad, honestly, that he was like on his phone for that moment. But then afterwards, he was like, did you get it? And I was like, yeah, no, it's on there. And I sent him like a little one minute clip. But I mean, that's the first five year old Cooper. Uh, that was the first fish that he'd ever caught all by himself, cast a catch. Uh, and Justin said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm usually casting for him or hooking a fish and letting him reel it. But he just let him do his thing back there. And, like, that's honestly what it's all about. Like, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that Justin Lucas has a, like a happy five-year-old at home, just based on, like, you know, past. I was like, man, we are really getting up there, but yeah, that, that's what it's all about like that. And it's just that like one moment. And obviously like if you're the, the kid of one of the most successful professional anglers in history, like you're going to have a lot of those moments, but I think, you know, like Chris, Dave, like all you guys can probably think back to that one moment where you were like, yeah, I'm hooked on this now. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I've still got the, uh, the strike King. It's the, oh God, what do they call it? It's like the little bitty, bitty baby crankbait. I, I mean, it's like, it's not even a, a series. It's like the little bits the of pond, pond, the pond, pond series, yeah. yeah, the bitsy pond I've still got the one my son caught his first fish on, uh, when he was like, four or five and and now the little sob is 18 and going off to college and you know he's wow you know he's six eight two twenty bigger than me and you know he's like i'm stupid i mean just get ready for that when you when you have kids you'll be stupid really quick so it, it, it <laughs> happens but um i apologize to my parents every day for what i did to them when i was in high school and college because mine's doing it to me now so it's uh yeah it's it's pretty crazy but the um what do you think that um, what's got to change as far as entry fees or payout, size of the field, stuff like that, for these opens, for these, you know, for, for things to, um, you know, present themselves in a better, better manner for you guys, the fishermen? Oh, it's a loaded question, Chris. I've got, I mean, I have my system, my layout, like this is what I think. So Applaud Bass did a great job requiring nine i think you're, you're gonna get uh, a high caliber angler sure. but right now you know that was all that was in the press release uh i don't know what they have planned but in my mind this is what it has to be to make it feasible to right. draw anglers to draw anglers to at least feel to at least have some thread of justification for committing forty thousand dollars to this next year is you you have to be able to, to finish in that top nine and at least break even. 
So like in 2021, I, I finished sixth in the overall points fishing all nine, right. 16,200 in entry fees. And I cashed $9,600 in checks. I cashed in three events in any other series professional that is out there right now. I would have cashed in eight out of nine events. Now they wouldn't have been top tens. They wouldn't have been top fives, but they would have been that, that 40 to, to 50, 50th, 60th place still finishing in the top 25, 30% of the field. Uh, Right now, Bass is paying out less than one in five in the opens. You've got a 223 to 230 boat field, and they're just paying out 40 regardless, and then just adjusting that payout for the top 40, uh, you know, based on the field size. But it, if they're going to draw more, if they're going to have a way to justify it, there has to be a way to, to, to find the money or redistribute it. So when you beat 60%, 70% of the field, you're at least recouping some of that expense, looking at it, me more as an investment in my future, not trying to even make money, but at least trying to, to break even just on the straight uh, winnings side and then make up the rest for that on the sponsor side. Uh, but right now, you know, without a, an adjustment in payout, they're still going to get guys do it, but it just puts such an incredible strain on that. So some, sometime, some type of adjusted payout to deeper in the field to lessen that strain now that they're asking us to travel across the country dedicate 35 to forty thousand. sure um on uh, on the field size <sighs> you got boats in it it's hard to turn away entry fees like they could have had 300 boat fields we've seen 330 340 boat fields at the beginning of the toyota series this year sure i, I don't think that that is 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 really indicative of what you're going to experience at the next level if you're trying to prepare people for the next level with a 90 to 100 boat field right uh i think a 200 boat cap or, or even 175 boat cap would allow you to move around uh but i also think bass had their hands tied on that too a little bit because for the last two years they've had the the bass pro shops contracts mm -hmm. so they had to be within 30 miles of a bass pro shop with that gone i'm optimistic hank said there's a lot of new fisheries on the venue you know you can have a 15,000 acre fishery that holds 200 boats you can also have a 30,000 acre fishery that doesn't hold 200 boats right. it just depends on how each fishery fishes but uh i, I definitely think anything north of, of 200 is is not the way to go uh, and then just the third thing, and then I'm done with my griping on what needs to happen, I think. <laughs> it's not a gripe, dude. It's, would, it's a legitimate deal here. I mean, this is uh, – they need to know. It, it, it is. I would love to see either a, a one- or two-week off limits. It's still called the Opens. I understand there's a lot of uh, guides, a lot of people who make their living on the water who like to compete in those Opens. I don't want to have an off limits period that takes their ability to make a living away from them. Right. I want them to still guide. But – even if it's just a week, just a full week before official practice, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, off limits for the week, no info for that week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that does a couple of things. It, it evens the playing field. So if you do have a job and are able to get off nine, 10 weeks a year, you don't have to compete against the guys who go camp on a fishery for a month. <laughs> it, it still allows the guys to guide to guide up until a week or two before the tournament. So they're not losing that much income. And then it also allows a fishery and the chamber of commerce to highlight that fishery. So it's not just thrashed by the time the Derby starts. Right. Right. Okay. Good point. Kenneth, what do you think? Well, you know, he mentioned, uh, 
you know, the size of the field. And I, I was involved in some of those 300 plus tournaments. And I, I'll tell you, there's only a couple of lakes in the country that can handle doing that. Um, it, it does, it does make it quite interesting on the water. Um, so <laughs> it, it is, it is a, it is a scary route to see if we were to see that Of course, you know, we're seeing it in the high school level, which I got to, I mean, I kind of have a problem with that too especially because it's high school, but it's not uncommon to see four or 500 boats in some of those tournaments. So I, I think in some cases we've, you know, some of these organizations have opened up the idea of doing that. And I, I don't, I really don't agree with it. I, I think there should be uh, some limits, some limitations on how, how many boats they, they allow in these tournaments. Yep. Agree. Yeah, I, I agree with you, too. I, I don't feel like the high school kids in a 500 boat tournament. I feel like you learn how to survive and <laughs> play nice with your neighbors. I don't think you're learning patterns. I don't think you're learning decision making. Like I said, I think you're learning how to get up at three so you can sit at the boat ramp for two hours. And I think you're learning how to fish in a crowd. Yeah, exactly. No, you're exactly right. So exactly right. Last question, and, and, and I'll get you out of here. Um, and, and I just this is just an inquiring minds want to know type of deal right we didn't talk about uh, this at dinner but i gotta know i gotta know the matt pangrek thoughts on pro circuit zeroing weights on day four i understand <laughs> listen i under i understand the the tv draw i understand the uh uh kind of mystique that it puts around it oh all 10 guys have it i also understand that on the pro circuit they're trying to qualify for the bpt like zero weights on the final day of the bpt right so there's some congruity some congruity in that um what i what i don't understand is there's not really like a tv show that goes with it so it's not like you have the hour where the weights are zeroed it's pretty much just the the live thing and every nine out of ten professional anglers that i've talked to there's a reason why the angler of the year is the most important title for those anglers. And it's because consistency over time, the more days you add into it, the cream rises to the top. Yep. And there's so much subtle strategy involved in putting together a four day plan. Uh, and you can look at it and say, what, like four out of the, the six guys this year who were leading after day one ended up winning. We just saw, was it Kyle Hall who, mm -hmm. who ended up winning this one and was leading after day four. But you also don't know how many of those guys laid off the gas on day two or day three, knowing that they were burning fish that wouldn't count for anything because they were already in the top 10. Right. Uh, you know, outside of the classic, which is strictly a, a three day tournament because of tradition. Uh, I think if you got four days and you've got them there and, and they've caught more weight than everyone else over those four days combined, that that, that should be your champion. Uh, but I mean, I don't really have a problem with it. It's just, it's just, uh, it's, it's just a lot of guys that I talked to and they've talked about it on the show too. Like even Timmy Horton, he's an owner. He's like, yeah, I'm not sure why we do that. I kind of like the four days, you know, kind of like the four day combined weight, but FLW, MLF, Bass stuff has changed, man. They've had brackets. They've had fish offs. They've oh, had God. zeroing the weights after day two. It's a constant evolution in fishing. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I just personally am not a fan of it. If I, if I have a, a hundred pounds over four days and a guy who only had 85 pounds over four days beats me, like that would tick me off, but you know what you're signing up for, you know what you're getting. So yeah, 
it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. There's there's also a lot of recycling stuff that didn't work in the past that for some reason someone wants to bring it back up again. Yeah. So all these all these changes, a lot of it's recycling. People that can go back fifteen to twenty years can realize, hey, this has already been tried before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the first one of the year down there on Rayburn, Michael Neal, uh, zero the third day, still made the top 10, weighed 26 on the final day and got the dub. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's like brilliant strategy for him. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It's I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, but I see where it is. And, I, you know, I understand with the BPT and all that stuff, but still not a not a giant fan of it. Because if I was in that situation, I you know, like I said, if, if I'm. I've got 100 pounds over four days, and I get beat by a guy who had 85. I'm I'm going to be probably a little bit pissed off by it, but hey, it is what it is. So that's yep. why that's why I'm sitting here behind a microphone and not on the front deck of a boat with a rod in my hand. So, but uh, anyway, I got I got bit by that, and uh, I was fishing with Chip Porsche in the in the college bass national championship <laughs> in 2008, Little Rock Pool. I'm not I I, I remember it. I remember vividly. that. Arkansas River, we found a, a pipe, and on day two, we only caught four because we knew the weight zeroed on day three. And, I mean, we were blowing everyone away. And Virginia Tech came in on day three. There was a striper fisherman sitting on the pipe on day three. We only ended up catching three. Virginia Tech got us by a couple pounds. Weight weren't zeroed. I got a championship or from 2008. <laughs> a championship or. Wow. I know. We're like, fishermen are like elephants. Do not forget. <laughs> no, we don't. You're exactly right. So, well, dude, we are taking up way more time than what uh, than what I asked you for. I appreciate it more than you know. I know you're driving or riding right now. But uh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming on and being part of this show um, love what you guys do over there at uh, Bass. Well, you, what you do at Bass Talk Live, and um, I mean, you can go back and listen to past shows. We're 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 Matt Pangrak fans for sure. We've, we've been following you along in the opens for a while, and and pulling for you. That's for sure. So, well, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. Yes, sir. Take care, dude. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. See you, bud. Well, guys, there he is, Matt Pangrak, opens angler. And um, I've probably, I know I overshot our time with him and I'm probably lost out on our next guest, but I'll give him a call just to see if he still wants to uh, to come on the show or not. Uh, run a little behind here, but um, it's good to have uh, good to have Matt on the on the uh, on the show and give us a little insight on his thoughts. What do you think, KG? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we we could have talked for probably another two hours. Oh but, yeah. Um, you know, knowing that, that he's limited and we're limited, it was kind of we're just trying to scratch the surface there, get an idea of 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 his thoughts and what he thinks. But uh, you know, Matt's a great guy. I I like the fact that he kind of he comes from an angler's perspective. Oh yeah, yeah, um, dude. I mean, I it's listen. Two thousand eight in college, I was there. I saw him. I, I saw him there fishing that deal. I was there uh, when I was a strike king. I've I've been around him uh, on the elites for years. The classic FLW events for years. Bass Nation. I mean, they show up at Gunnersville for a regional or Smith Lake for a regional. Dude, I, I mean, I, I see him. He's he's always there. And he's, you know, I, I laugh and I call him the, a, a mini Ken Duke, but dude, he's just, he's ingrained in it. And this is his deal. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, kind of like David on those Japan baits. So, you know, I mean, he's just, he, he's he, he's dialed in to that stuff. So, 
dialed in for sure. Good to have him on. He's not. He's not as secretive as DX is. No, he's not. He's <laughs> not. You know, you you don't even you, you never know with DX what's going on. But um, I said, I, I just sent him a text. I said, dude, thanks for being on. Appreciate you. He said, thanks for the invite. You got me fired up and rambling. So that's what we do here, man. We get fired up. We ramble. That's the way this goes. With that, I think we're gonna break. Be right back with more Anglers Channel Insider Podcast. I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue. And a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort. IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. Welcome back, folks. Anglers Channel Insider Podcast. They're brought to you by our friends at Revital Outdoors. It's back, but it's better, David. 1,000 milligram sports cream, according to Davey. According to David, it's CB approved, right? Is that what I saw on Instagram well, yesterday? CB approved? So, didn't you? I mean, you seem to like you tried it. Oh, I got it. I tried it. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. So, Thousand milligram sports cream. You can shop now. Take twenty five. Take twenty percent off sports cream with the code twenty cream. That's twenty c r e a m at revitaloutdoors.com through the fourteenth. So through Sunday, it's the new and improved. These guys are keeping you on the water longer and making you feel better. I have been doing the soft gels. Right, I've been doing those at night. And um, those will really make you sleep good. I, I've slept a lot better. How about have you? Have they helped you at all, David? Have you been consistent with them? I have. Well, I, I, haven't, I haven't been taking them like every day, only because I'm not like you. <laughs> not like me. How I, I, I focus. Well, you don't like to sleep. You're the guy who's like, well, you like to sleep. Oh, early, I like to like sleep. You. I just go to bed a lot earlier than you do. So. <laughs> but uh, no, like I, I took it for a while. Like I even like what was it? Uh, Lisa wanted to try. So I told her, why don't you try some since you've been having issues with sleeping? And she was like, it felt weird, I guess, for her because like, you know, that, that once that melatonin kicks in, you, you can't like, yeah, you got to go sleep. But, um, but no, I, I took it for like over the, over the weekend. I, I, I had some and I helped me. I'm, I'm still catching up a bit from, from my cast. <laughs> I don't know if I should be taking offense to this conversation or not. 
KG. I mean, I take a lot of shit from a lot of people all the time. <laughs> but I mean, this is just like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, I just, I just, I, my back is getting sore from those, those, those pointed edges on that knife is what it is. So, but. Well, you know, I, I just, I like to hear David's opinion. So whether it's good or bad, I, I, I think, <laughs> I think it's okay. No, I get it. I'm all bad. I, 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 I get it. So. See, this is exactly why I say, Lord, give me wisdom, because if you give me strength, I'm going to need bail money. Oh, here. So, yeah, that's, uh, I, you know, yeah, but um, good stuff there. But, yeah, so check out RevitalOutdoors.com. Uh, Use code 20CREAM. Get 20% off sports cream. You will like it. I promise. I've used it on my back. I pulled a back muscle a week or two ago, and it worked really well. Used it on my elbow. I have been doing the uh, the soft gels at night and the gummies in the morning, feeling really good. And uh, yeah, been doing a lot, doing a lot of yard work. So not near as tired as what I usually am, or, or beat down. But yes, David, I go to bed at eight thirty, and I sleep really, really good until about four, and then I'm up and I'm rolling. Okay, I get more done between four and eight than most folks do between eight and five. So because I don't get anything done after eight o'clock most most days. But you know, hey, that's that's what that's what I do. I just sit around eating chocolate candy bars and. You know, glass of milk with an umbrella. That's all I do. So, but a uh, little fun note for you guys: a fundraiser tournament, uh, September seventeenth from six thirty two thirty on Gunnersville, out of Waterfront Grocery and Tackle. There, three fish limit, um, and all proceeds go to our buddy Mr. Mike Carter, good friend of ours, uh, friend of the show, friend of uh, English Channel and Alabama Bass Trail. Mike was found unresponsive a week or so ago and is doing better, but obviously he's got some, uh, some health problems or some health, some insurance bills and things he's got to pay. So they're uh, doing a fundraiser for him. So make sure you, uh, if you're in the Gunnersville area or plan to be, make sure you check that out. September 17th at waterfront. That'll be, uh, that'll be a good time. All right. Uh, pro circuit title coming up next week. And we all know Michael Neal won the angler of the year points Again, two years in a row. KG, is there a time when a BPT guy wins a pro circuit points like that two years in a row? They just say, okay, don't come back. I mean, is is that ever a case or are we good? Is he going to win in three years in a row? Um, I don't know who you refer to. They, I think they's perfectly fine with the BPT pro winning. Oh, they are. They, they are. You're right. So, uh, you're right. But Michael Neal, obviously, your title qualifier, uh, Angler of the Year winner. Jimmy Washam is going to play because he won last year's title event. Uh, Justin Lucas, another bpt that's in the field. And then Spencer Shuffield, Josh Butler, Matt Becker, and Nick LeBrun, Mitch Crane, John Hunter, Dakota Ebert, another bpt and Jacob Wall, your top 10 in points. Uh, looking down, you got guys like Gray Buck, Skeet Reese, Josh Bragg, John Cox, who is in but is not going to be fishing. He's going to be taking – Andy Newcomb's going to take his place. Yacopo, uh, is that right? Yacopo Galelli uh, is going to be in there. Chris Lane. Uh, let's see. Mark Rose, Kurt Mitchell, Wesley Strader, Alex Davis from here at Gunnersville, Latimer, David Walker, Joey Sefuentes, the Cowboy Hat buddy. Um, let's see. Andrew Loberg. In 41st, really, I, I, I'm impressed with Andrew. He had a good year. Had a real good year. Um, John Canada, uh, 1-1. Jerry McMillan, Brett Height, Philip Dutra, Blake Hall, Lane Olson, and Tom Monsoor 
or your top 50 going into the title next week at um, St. Lawrence. And this is going to be a BPT-style event, correct, David? This is a four days of qualifying rounds with Group A on day one and three, Group B on days two and four. Winner from each group moves straight to the championship round, and you've got second through tenth from each group had the knockout round on day five, where weights again zero. Top eight will move the championship round, and that's the sixth and final day of competition. Weights are zeroed, and the pro with the biggest five bass limit at the end of the day will be crowned your title champion. So, I don't mind this format for a title. Right, no points in the line. It's just all money, um, but um, I digress. I'm not going to get back into the whole weight zero on day four of a pro circuit because I think it's stupid. But who am I, and what do, what do they? What does anybody care? What I think, right, KG? Well, you're you're a fan with the right to your opinion. That's I mean that that's what it is. You're right. I am. I am, and I have not watched much pro circuit uh, this year. And I have not watched much uh, BPT this year just because, I don't know, it just hadn't really appealed to me. But seven of those guys will qualify for the Bass Pro Tour. That is Spencer Sheffield, Josh Butler in his sophomore season, Matt Becker, Nick LeBrun, who won two events this year, Mitch Crane, John Hunter, and Jacob Wall will all move on. Those were your top ten in points. Dakota Ebear. Um, see, Dakota Ebear, Michael Neal, and Justin Lucas are already there. Should they maintain their 65th place standing or better in the BPT, right? So, uh, with that said, with guys going into the BPT, who's coming out, David? And I've not done my spreadsheet this year. You know, last year I had a big spreadsheet on who won money here and who won money there and all that good stuff. I've not had the time. I don't have time to prepare for this show, much less make a spreadsheet, do all that, right? So um, I'm taking a page out of the book from our buddy um, uh, Jay Kumar over at uh, Bass Blaster. And so he had this broken down that the career average cut line would move down three places because you've got Neil, Lucas, and Dakota, the uh, Ebert, that are already in. And that would leave invitations open to the remaining anglers in the Pro Circuit Top 10, which we just mentioned. If the season ended today, Luke Clawson would earn the quote-unquote golden ticket, which would be the final spot at 65th place. Kelly Jordan would be the first man out. John Murray, Gary Klein, Russ Lane, and Brett Height are within 15 points of 65th right now. The final eight anglers with work to do to climb above the 70th spot are Crete, uh, Kelly Jordan, Cliff Crochet, Boyd Duckett, Mike McClellan, Jason Lambert, Shaw Grigsby, and Paul Elias. At what point do these guys just have to say, I can't compete and, and move out and on their way? It sounds like they're about to be forced into that. Will they, though? You got some owners in this group. Will they? Well, if they follow their own rules, then yes. Well, we know how that goes. We know how that goes. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not trying to stir the pot. I'm just saying, will they? Will they stick to that rule, and will they Will they get moved out or not? Time, time will tell us. Well, it will. David, what are your thoughts? Well, well, what most of those guys that are on that, under, on, underneath that cut line, what, 
they're not fishing the pro circuit. So if they are, if they stick to their guns and those guys don't qualify for 2023, are those guys going to suck it up and fish the pro circuit to requalify? Or is the pro circuit too below their standards and they're just going to say, I'm just going to walk out? Well, I, yeah, think- I, mean, that's- I think it depends if they want to continue fishing as their career or not. I mean, someone like Boy Duck, it doesn't really matter, but he's got other things that he's involved in he can do. Some of those guys, if they want to continue with a fishing career, then the pro circuit's what they need to do. Well, I mean, you look at some of these guys, and um, I was going to try to pull up their who's in the pro circuit here, the standings, and see who all. Because I mean, you know, you got guys. I mentioned the guys in the top fifty that are BPT guys, but looking down, um, you know, Randy Howe fished in fifty fifth. Uh, McClellan was sixty second, so he fished him. Let's see. I know Brett Height fished him as well, uh, and obviously didn't finish very well over there. Or did he? No, he he did. He made the, yeah he he made the uh, he's in forty fifth, so he made the he he made the title. So he's made more money there this year than he has over on BPT. But you've got a you got a bunch of guys over there that that are fishing both sides. I think you got guys like Grigsby and Elias that aren't fishing pro circuit. They don't want to travel that much, right? Getting getting later in their career, they don't want to be gone all those days. That's a lot of travel for them. I think if if that's the case, it's a lot of extra money too. The entry fees for the pro circuits up there. I mean, it it yep. it's probably the least. If you compare what you're paying and what you could potentially get out of it, it may be the worst case scenario of any of the tours. Sure, sure. No, I agree. And the um. But I mean, you got you look at I can't I could see I could see you know Russ Lane and John Murray and maybe Kelly Jordan going fishing the pro circuit. Um, Gary Klein, I don't know. I think he'd probably he'd probably retire. Uh, Paul Lies, I'm sure he would. As would Grigsby Duckett, he doesn't care. But like Crochet, Cliff Pace, McClellan, James Watson, Brent Chapman, Jason Lambert. I mean, these guys have made you know you look at like Duckett's made 18 grand this year. On, on the on the BPT, um, James Watts has made twenty four thousand on the BPT. Uh, Brent Chapman eighteen thousand. So, I mean, you got guys that you know aren't doing a whole lot. They're going to have to go fish something if they want to stay in this game. Um, but I, I I think some will just will retire and bow out, or there will be some kind of an exemption. We'll go to a hundred boats next year in the BPT. I don't know. I'm just making that up. But something will happen, um, and you got to have some guys who are just going to fall out because they just—they're just—they're not going to want to be there anymore. And the, and what I don't get is—is is when they do that, they're just—they're going to keep pulling from, you know, the old BPT list. They're not going to—they're not going to put new people in there, which I think they should put new blood in there, right? Uh, that's just my—if you're going to be the biggest baddest trail on the planet, then why not put new blood in there? I mean, you got guys that have been in. I'm gonna have to do my spreadsheet now, but you've got guys that have been in that bottom. Let's just say that bottom twenty for years, and that that three year average. I mean, of course, it's on the three year average. So that's going to be a whole different thing. But you got guys, and it's that, really only the bottom ten to go, right? Yes. Well, they only replaced ten. So it, that, that's it, a low number. It'll be the bottom seven. So it wouldn't hurt you. It'll be the bottom seven right now because okay. only. So it's even smaller. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So it wouldn't hurt you to then. I mean, 
So, so if, if a few leave and you keep bumping down, you're potentially only replacing four, five, six, seven anglers every year. Yeah. That's probably not enough turnover. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. When you've got guys that have, that have repeatedly been below, let's just say that 60 cut, that 60 line for years, right? Um, I might pull up my old spreadsheet and, and where's Preston when I need him, right? I mean, this is, this is what I need Preston for to do all this stuff, but, uh, I'm kidding. But I mean, you, you, you just got guys that have historically been, we know Timmy Horton's coming out, right? So that's going to add another one in. They're not going to pull from pro circuit, right? They're going to go so back. Now you're down to six. Now they're down to six. They're going to pull six. So what if um, what if LeBrun qualifies for the elite and decides to go that route instead? Then you down to five. They're, I mean, may end up down to three or four. By they're the time they're time. not gonna Zach Zach Burge may I think has an opportunity to potentially. Qualify they're to not gonna pull more from the pro circuit. They're gonna stick with the BPT. Yeah. We know yeah, this. I, I, I agree with you. That's not enough turnover in the existing BPT. It's not. If they're willing to, if they're willing to drop ten out, they should drop ten out regardless. Exactly, exactly. But when all this came about, when that was the original plan, and then they bought FLW, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, how do we keep our buddies in this? What do we do to make this? But still, let some people in. We had that whole you finish top three, you get to fish this and do that, and that went away, and we're into this year now. To be honest with you, if those guys are, are down that low anyway, you've already given us an idea how much, how little they've made just from those tournaments. They would be doing them a favor by not letting them come back. Some of these guys, some of these guys have been doing it, you know, for a while, and they can't, they can't drag themselves out of it. Okay, if they keep giving them an opportunity to come back, they're going to find a way to do it, whether it's going in debt or whatever. You might be doing some of these guys a favor by, hey, we're going to go ahead and cut you off not your decision is our decision exactly but but they still even if they want to continue fish and continue a pro career they have the pro circuit they have other avenues it's not like it's not like you've cut them off and they got to go you know dig ditches they still have fishing opportunities that they can pursue just not on the bpt level so i understand looking at the standings right now for bpt i I understand you win one, it's a hundred grand, it's a lot of money there involved, yada yada yada. But you look down through this money list, right? And like I, I, I will say this, because they don't publish it. Some of these guys may have won money through the cups. We just don't know about it because well, they don't publish it. Exactly. But I mean you look at like Chris Lane, he's ninth in points. He's made forty three thousand dollars this year on VPT. Zach Burge is tenth in points, he's made sixty thousand dollars. Dakota Eberry, 11th in points. He's 11 points behind Lane. He's made 94000 this year, according to BPT. So, I, but then you scroll down, like Greg Vincent in 15th made 37000 Well, it's very top-heavy, and part of that is they, they pay everybody. I mean, last place still makes – or. Don't, they don't make. They get like $3,400, $3,475, whatever it is. So in order to pay everybody, then, it, you know, it's very top-heavy, and then it just gets distributed to everybody. Where was – so two weeks ago, we brought up the whole cheating deal, right? Yes. Right, okay. So that was two weeks ago, and then we looking down, and Sprague was like in the top 20 or top 25, right? 
Yes. So I, now I'm looking to see where he has fallen to. It's, he fell a long way. He fell to, he fell to 54th. He fell to 54th. So he's currently, let's see, he's 29. He's 33 points out of the request qualification line. You know, here's the other thing. I think I mentioned this in a text amongst us, but I got to thinking, you know, later, you know, that incident happened their first event of the season. If I remember right, their cup qualifications were based on the previous two correct uh, event, BPT events before, you know, the cup. Yeah. So that put him, if he had been disqualified at the end of that event, he would have missed cups that he otherwise ended up fishing. So there's, there's one other angler that, that should have been in a cup that couldn't get there because he was there anyway. Mm-hmm. And he earned money from them. I'm assuming uh, we don't know. Cause they don't publish that. Right. So that's money that he earned that he really shouldn't have earned either. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's a weird deal. You look at like Kelly Jordan, he's 66 in points, but he's made $47,000 this year. So, but you've got some guys in here that, I mean, Michael Neal is a great example. I mean, Michael Neal is, he is 24th in points. He's made 65,000 on the Bass Pro Tour. And you go over the Pro Circuit, and um, Pro Circuit, he's made 172,000 this year. So it's obviously, guys, I mean, these four-day events, even with the last day being zero, guys are making bank over there. They're cashing checks. They're making money. On the yeah. pro circuit. But to me, I don't know. I just feel like the, the pro circuit's been kind of downgraded to like the opens. Which, if that's the case, then what makes the Toyota series? Right? What does it look like? Because here's the thing. I mean, are they kicking anybody out of the pro circuit? They're bringing, what, 30 in? Is that right? Or 10? How many, how many are coming in? I think it's five from each division. Uh, how many divisions are yeah, there? It gets a little, it's a little tricky to, to remember all the different deals of that, but it's not, it's not many out of each. I think it's five, five out of each. Thirty sounds right. Yeah, thirty from each division go to the championship, um, which is on champ. No, that's 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 the northern division that's going on right now. Sorry, um, which twenty one oh four is leading it, um, but. A lot of guys that yeah, a lot of guys jump back in that from from last week's event. Uh, but you've got let's see, I want to see if I can. Toyota see. championships on Gunnersville. It is yes, no, it is, it is. Uh, let's see if I can find where the so you've got one, two, three, four, five. You got six, you got six divisions. So take five of those. That's thirty guys coming in. Um. So let's see. I was trying to see who qualifies. Top five pro declines his or her bid into the pro circuit or is already qualified to the pro circuit. The next eligible pro will qualify. So they do go down the Toyota list in this for guys. But that's 30 guys coming in. So I'm trying to remember what they're trying to do with, with the field. I mean, are they are they kicking guys out of this? Or I don't know if I don't know if they have a true maximum limit. Are they for the pro circuit? I uh, think there was. I think it was like one fifty or one eighty or something like that. That's that they reduced it to, and then 
But I think it's on a rolling. Like it's, yeah, so it's based on your annual. It's not like on a two to three year average. I think it's on that whatever you finish that year, and then if you don't make it, then you get bumped you get bump. for the Toyota guys. So they're they're down at one fifty eight right now. Uh, that's what the pro circuit list is at one fifty eight. So. Yeah, there's some guys that don't make the last couple of tournaments. They're too far back in point. Yeah, right. Right. Um, I was going to send a note out to our buddy, Mr. Joe Opager, um, to see if I could. Opager. Opager. I see. I kept thinking. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to reach out to Joe if I can't get some answers. I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm I'm gonna start my my I've got it written down. I'm gonna start my list of each circuit, how you qualify, who goes where, and put together my whole my cheat sheet so we know. But I can't see them that they're gonna have they're gonna have to lose some guys. Which if that's the case, let's say they lose they lose thirty or even twenty out of this deal. Yamamoto, um Jordan Osborne. Jeff McLean, Charlie Ingram, Matt Greenblatt, uh, Eric Lindell Martin Jr., Eric Olson. Those guys are out. You know, if they go further down, you got Aaron Britt, who'd be out. Daryl Robertson. So you got you got some names down there. You know, with James Niggemeyer, some of those that that could be in potential of losing their spot. So I need to find out. I got to get all the deets. Problem is, is you get the details, and what happens? Everything changes the next year. There's never any consistency at all on this deal. And that's that's both organizations. It's all of them. Every single one of them. It doesn't matter if it's if it's Bass or MLF or FLW or it doesn't matter. When it, when it comes down to it, they're going to do what they think is best for them at the moment. Sure. And, those, you know, things change. I mean, the economy can – we've seen it in the past. We've seen the economy kind of affect things where – they just they just need another body to pay another entry fee. Sure, they'll take it. Uh, you know, we saw the split that obviously made things you know different than than what the organizations had planned. So it's and it's part of it is part of the problem we have with professional fishing is there's there's no consistency. Right. Well, I think what this year too the, for pro circuit wise there was some. Sponsor exemptions as well, right? Like I think some pure fishing guys got in this year. On yes, the pro circuit side. Chris Grow got in. So it's it's a, it's still a little bit of uh, of the old FLW. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, sorry, I'm reached out to Joe. And you know there. There could there could be some natural turnover there too. I mean, there there could be some guys, you know, financial reasons or whatever, sure. you know, that don't turn up. So it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to say, you know, this guy's in 60th place. He's not going to be there next year. And, and and that will happen. That will happen. You, you've got some guys that are going to fall out. Um, you know, again, economy things happen. You know, jobs. You know, family. A, a lot of stuff can happen. I, That's not an easy commitment. I mean, their their entry fees, which has gone up the last two years in a row. I mean, they're they're up there on entry fees, and their payout has not changed. No. So, 
it's it's not an easy task. And you may have some of these guys, like you know, some of the one of these seven or a couple of these seven, just say, you know what, I don't want to fish both sides. I'm gonna go fish BPT. I'm just gonna fish pro circuit. You know, what am I gonna do? So you you got that. And some of these some of these BPT guys might not want to come back. You think John Cox is going to want to fish again? I mean, he made fifty six grand there this year. Is that make, is that worth it? So I mean, you, you got a lot of things that come into play there, and a lot of guys. I, I would have to venture from a hundred down. You got to be looking at life, going, is this really where I want to be and what I want to do the rest of my life? And you got some guys that are fishing the opens that may have an option come October, November. So, but who knows? I need to. I need to do a. I need to create like an angler database and have everybody all put into one place. And David's like. You do that, CB. You go right ahead. You do that. Enjoy. That'll be your baby. So that'll be your baby. So, all right. What um, you pickums? I am. I'm shit on you pickums. I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna be very blunt and honest with you. I will say this though. By the time people finish listening to this, well, I'm gonna back that up. By the time. Thursday of this week, by Thursday of this week, you pickles will be updated for the month of August. Okay, I mean, there's new, on, there's new tournaments the up there on the website. On the website, <laughs> there will be stuff up there. Uh, there will be a new one up there. So y'all stay tuned for that. And uh, I will have, I will have points and all that stuff done. I, I've got a, I, I got, I'm taking a day tomorrow, and I am, I, I am there. I'm, 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 I'm getting it dialed in. I got a, a pile on my desk, and I'm gonna clean this mother off. And uh, I've got a full day. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this stuff knocked out. So I'm sorry for being behind. It's been well. It's been a year. Let's just put it to you that way. It's been a year. So, but uh, we will uh, we will jump on that, and we will see what we can do. Uh, let's see, David. What else have I missed? I was going through the AC Insider here, um, and it looks like. Uh, you know, quite a bit. You got BPT and Cayuga this week. Um, all kinds of stuff in this deal right now. What else have I missed, David, that's been going on? You're the one, mm-hmm. you're the all knowing. So, I don't know. I, I sometimes things heck happen still chaotically. And I guess just like my accidental text to you, <laughs> my mind goes in autopilot, <laughs> it just goes. I got to post this up, post this up, and I, I totally just blank out. It, gets, it comes with old age, I guess you could say. But um, I know Brad Watley, he was on a medical hardship, and he's going to be fishing the, what's the next, Oahe event. So welcome back. Okay. Try to think what else we are missing. I guess the, the uh, what was it, one of the anglers from NPFL, uh, they finally announced the, the new owners for Omega Fishing Custom Fishing Tackle. Yep. So that was officially announced, and that was I forget who it was. Was it Taylor Taylor Watkins? Yep. Yeah. So, trying to think. Um, other than that, I don't know. I don't think there's anything else. Again, old age starting to kick in. <laughs> old age kicking in. I hear you. I hear you. So, KG, what about you? What have we missed? What What else is on your uh, on your on your punch list to talk about tonight? Um, I can't think of anything. Um, although I, I will, t- I will, I'll go ahead and bring this up and, and maybe it's something I should have noticed before, or maybe I just hadn't watched close enough, but I, I was actually watching 
some of the BPT this afternoon. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of these guys are, are catching a pike. Right. And I, I actually, <laughs> I actually saw one that comes off, flips all the way through the boat. The guy takes his foot and stomps on it so he can get it, get it unhung and then just flips it over in the water. I'm like, wait a minute. What don't these guys make a big deal out of fish care? You know, where's the, where's the penalty? He just, he started fishing again. No penalty. I'm like, so what bass bass are the only ones they care about. Hey, Pike, I mean, hey, you're going to be a conservationist, be a conservationist, right? Hashtag Pike lives matter. Right. I mean, yes. that's just, I, mean, what, I was a little confused. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> You mean you, you gotta you gotta look out for the resource, right? I mean, pike are there for a reason, right? That's part of the resource. No different than a bass. I, I just either either you're gonna care or you're not. Uh, I, I'm not sure about this selective process <laughs> there, but just saying. Just saying. See, this is exactly why I say, Lord, give me wisdom, because if you give me strength, I'm gonna need bail money. Oh, that's uh, yeah. That's I mean, you're right. Uh, what's this I hear about fish being waved with grass on them as well? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I at least twice today I, I noticed fish were flipped out of the grass and they you know the the, the guy sitting there with the scale ready, you know, they're they're like uh, someone must have screamed at these guys at some point in time for not being ready quick enough. Really? Because I mean they're like they're like as soon as the guy sets a hook, they're standing up, they got that scale ready. Uh, I mean, as soon as they get the fish in the boat, they just clamp, they put it on the clamp and go. And at least two different times a day, they throw the fish on there and there's grass still hanging all over the fish. I'm like, the grass is going to weigh a little something. Especially when it's wet, right? I mean, these guys, these guys have they been there. They them and unhooked them and threw them in. I mean, I mean they got to be like, tired. They've been there for 17 days. I mean, what, I mean, what do you expect, right? I mean, hell, I mean, Lucas's guy, Lucas's guy weighed what? Let me, let me go back here. Lucas won the um, Lucas won Group okay. A with 181 pounds, 51 fish. I mean that dude's tired, bro. Tired, yeah. right? I mean all well, these not guys catching them nearly as well now. Well, that was day one. Hell no, the they ain't have consistently gone down. Every hole, every fish in Cayuga's goddamn hole in his head. Crap. I mean, one of the guys today met said something about it. He caught one and said something about this fish been caught a lot. Really? No shit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Michael Neal won Group B with one thirty nine eleven with only thirty five fish. So it's gonna make the the knockout round is what tomorrow. Um, that'll or today if you're listening to this on Wednesday, that's that's when that'll happen. And then the final day, I guess, is Thursday. Is that right, David? Am I understanding yeah. that right? Thursday as well. So uh, I, you got. I, I will. I will say this though. It it is. It has been nice the time that I have watched. It has been nice to see both largemouth and smallmouth being caught on a northern lake. Yes, I agree. I agree, completely, completely. And as you're listening to this, Wayne Vaughn leads the Champlain Toyota Series event with 2104. Over Spencer Sheffield's got twenty one oh one. These weights continue for three days, though, folks. So don't think that's going to get uh, get changed. Yakopo's up there with twenty pounds and five ounces, and then Kyle Hall, sleepy Kyle Hall, twenty pounds and an ounce for ninth place right now. Let's see if anybody else is up there fishing. Loberg's in there. And basically, if you're in the title, you're up there fishing this deal. I mean, because why go home, right? You can't afford the gas. Let's just go 
spend a bunch more money if you can't win some more. Uh, but just about everybody's over there doing that and uh, doing that. Chris Groves in 58th, David. See if anybody else I recognize over here. But a lot of guys in that that one, Jeff Reynolds and a few others. So, uh, yeah, that uh, that's going on. And then um, what else is I going to say? I don't remember. But, yeah, so a uh, lot going on this week. Uh, Pro Circuit or Bass Pro Tour. Then you've got – Toyota wrapping up. Uh, Toyota's going to be a good one to watch. How many – what's the schedule for these guys? Because we should be getting near the end of what's happening here. Uh, I can't remember if this is the last one or if there's one more. No, one more. There's, there's one on Truman on uh, September 15th to 17th, and one, on, one more Northern on the St. Lawrence, September 22nd and 24th, in the, the championships on Gunnersville, November 3rd through the 5th. So I tell you what, if I'm if I'm Licker Howell, I'm licking my chops right now about that championship because I feel like he could he could be a big player in that one come come November here. So You know, it'll be interesting. November can be a little tricky on Gunnersville. It is late enough to where it, get, it does get better. If it was – September, October would be a little bit more tricky, but certainly you would think having local knowledge will help. Yeah. Yeah. It might be too much, but you know, he's, he's working really hard trying to qualify for that, uh, trying to qualify for that pro circuit, get better with his dad and with his buddy, Kyle Lane, uh, whatnot. He was seventh in standings in the central. And then let's see, he's fished all of them this year in the Northerns right now. Um, he's a little ways down, but he's having a good event here. They don't do an overall yet. Um, let's see where they do have a wild card division that does it's, it's the top you fish for at least four and they take your best three. Yeah. So he's 15th in the Southerns and then the Southwestern. I want to see if he fished that or not. I don't think he did. Um, but yeah, he's been fishing a bunch and that's a, that's a deal where, I mean, going back to like the opens deal, I mean, fishing multiple divisions of Toyotas too, I mean, that puts you in a lot of different bodies of water and really kind of yeah. gets you ready to go for, uh, for you know, for this stuff going forward. So um, pulling for him to, to do something there in the uh, – hopefully qualify in the in the Southerns um, or Centrals rather. Um, he tied with Remitz at seven, 674 points apiece. But uh, he's got a few guys ahead of him. A couple guys need to drop out for him to make that move up into into fifth to qualify. So we'll see how he does in the Northerners. But could be uh, if he's could that be consistent in all those divisions, he's probably pretty good shape on the wild card. Yeah, yeah, he's done he's done really well. So he's sixth and fifteenth, and or seventh and fifteenth, and in a couple other spots there. So it uh, he'll be he should be in good shape by the time we, by the time that rolls around and uh, be good to go. So you pick them. I'll have the results up uh, by Thursday on the website, anglerschannel.com under contest. Click you pick them. Please make sure you go and choose before midnight tonight, the tournaments for this week. Uh, let me pull that up and see. We've got the Champlain event, uh, BFL on, on the Mississippi River out of Prairie du Chien. You got U.S. Angler's Choice out of Braidwood, Best Bass on Delta, CBA on Chick, and the cat is on James River. So go ahead and get uh, we'll get that updated. I'm going to go ahead and turn off last month's points because it shows David is still the winner of that. So I'll just go ahead and turn that that form off real quick. Oh, no, I didn't win? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I got a lot of catching up to do, bro. 
lot of catching up to do, to be honest with you. So I'll have to, I'm going to go back and get that, uh, get that figured out this week. We've got a lot going on, a lot happening, and we will, uh, we will get that, get that going up for sure. So y'all be on the lookout for that. Uh, what else you got? What else you got, David? Yeah, this happened a few weeks. It's just semi-old news, but it doesn't directly apply to the bass fishing world. But I forgot to bring it up. But uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, a professional fishing series. But in this case, it's the musky on the musky set. Yes, ban forward-facing sonar. So I just want to get your guys' take on it because I mean, you guys are around the tournament scene when it comes to the Alabama Bass Trail and other stuff like that. So your thoughts on? Uh, forward-facing sonar, and if it should ever be considered being banned or limited or something like that on the bass side. Uh, KG, you go. Uh, I I don't I don't believe in limiting it. Um, and, and I'm not as familiar with musky fishing as I, as I am bass fishing, but I've always heard it's the fish of ten thousand casts. So mm-hmm. I, I I do wonder if maybe if maybe it is a more of an advantage. In, in actually searching for them because it's hard to fish just fish for them. Do you, so maybe, do you actually do you actually cast for them, fish. David, or do you just do that figure eight thing by the boat? Which is it? That's only if they follow. Oh, I got you. I got. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't remember. Sorry, I wasn't sure. But there there could be. There again, I don't. I'm just I'm just throwing this theory out there. I really don't know for sure. But there there could be an advantage in musky fishing to having that technology you might be able to get to the point where you could actually scan and tell because they're so long and skinny, you might be able to tell, you know, if it's, if it's a muskie or something else, it, it could be a pretty huge advantage. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, I, I agree. Did, do you, I mean, looking at it on the, on the bass side, on the bass fishing side, not bass itself, but the bass fishing side, I don't, I don't see it being limited or being, banned from any trails maybe smaller trail but even then because reality is you still got to catch them well here's here's the biggest here's the biggest issue that i or the complaint that i hear from guys guys are afraid that they can use the technology to snag fish and there's been several other guys recently talk about this and if you if you've ever used the technology and understand what you're actually looking at it would be like nearly impossible to snag fish just on something you see on the sonar the way it works and part but but i i think about this and I, I go back to part of this is how some of these guys try to sell the system how many of these uh elite series or the bpt tournaments we've seen these guys using it and they act like i see the fish there i'm going to cast over there i'm going to put my lure right on top of their head they eat it that's really not what's happening so they they kind of make make you think that it's giving them allowing them to do something but that's really not what's happening right based on my experience personal experience what i've seen out of it is you may get a general idea of where that fish is but what you really see is the fish coming to your to your bait Mm -hmm. you're you're throwing to an area and that fish is reacting to your bait it's not something i could throw out there and snag on purpose right I'm just trying to get close enough and hope that that fish is interested enough to actually come to my bait. And, and I've seen that I've, I've seen on, on, on my units where I've run a, a lure through an area and I see a fish come as a Dale hollow throwing an A-rig and I was seeing fish come 10 feet off the bottom and eat an A-rig. I mean, there, but that there's no way you could snag that fish. Right. 
Well, unless so you're phenomenal. You know, to me, that's that's the biggest complaint that I've heard is guys are afraid they're going to cheat in tournaments because it's going to allow them to snag fish. And that's just, that's ridiculous, actually. You know, talking to some guys last week, I was at an event last week and uh, I actually got to play with Target Lock a little bit. And, um, you know, it's one thing to see it on the show floor. It's another thing to see it in real life and, and play with it right. on a boat, right, in a real situation. And I, I will I will, I will will go back to our interview with Wes Logan and talk about him saying that Minkota steer. If it didn't have Minkota steer, it'd be a gimmick, right? But because it's got Minkota steer, it's, it's, it's the real deal. Um, and playing with that, going down a bank that had brush on it and being able to turn that facing the bank and look at the different things and seeing fish in those brush piles, but the wind blowing at me, being able to sit out and spot lock, right. And continue to look at those brush piles. It's, I'm not going to say game changer. That's a, that's a voodoo word here, but it's a benefit. Now, could I catch those fish? No. Uh-uh. It's Chris Brandon talking to. I can't catch crap, right? I can't catch a cold, right? Barefooted on a snowy day. But I mean, it's it's you can see it. You still gotta make them catch, you still gotta make them bite. But what we did see from talking to guys is they're not so much catching fish with they're surely not snagging them, but they're not catching fish with it. But what they're seeing is when you see a school you run a crankbait through them, and they react but don't take it. Okay, well, maybe it's a uh, – I need to change colors or I need to do this or do that to, to make them react or actually take the bait. So you're seeing that a little more and being able to do that, in my opinion, I don't think it needs to be banned. I, again, you still got to catch them, right? I mean, we talked about this all through electronics, right, from color graphs to GPS to all this. Do we ban it? Do we ban it? Do we ban it? No, you still got to catch them. And do you have to have three graphs on the front, you know, and all this money to do it? No, you don't. You don't. But but you got to do more and than there, that figure eight at the book. So. There are certain types of water in certain situations where it's more beneficial than others. Sure. Uh, look, these when these fish get buried up in the grass at Gunnersville, it does you no good. No good. You're not, you're not seeing those fish in the grass. No. It's impossible. No. Right. So that's a scenario where it's not going to do you any good. Right. So it's, it doesn't fit everywhere. Certainly people that live in certain, you know, certain areas or fish certain bodies of water all the time, it's it's a huge benefit, but there's still a, a pretty large learning curve with it. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, you and I film tournaments uh, on pretty, you know, pretty regular. And, and I, I've seen guys, one in particular, I'm not going to tell you who they are, but one in particular was a couple of years ago and, and they sat out in the middle of a creek because they could see fish yeah. and they were trying to catch them. Yeah. And I, I was there for about 40 minutes and didn't see them catch a single fish. Yeah. So th th they spent all their time just because they saw them, they thought, Hey, I need to fish for them. Sure. And they, they did not catch them. So, you know, you, you, you still have to take that technology and learn how to use it and apply it. Right. And in some cases it's, it's, it's taking people away from the ability to catch fish. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I agree. I have decided, my wife and I have decided we're going to go to, I'm going to start taking, take, start taking night classes uh, to be a chiropractor. Okay. And not a full blown chiropractor. Right. But I'm going to start going around these tournaments and I'm going to have a chiropractor, a mobile chiropractor deal. 
because you see a lot of mothers crossing the stage holding their neck. They've been looking at the damn electronics all day, right? I mean, it, yep. guys looking down, yep. right? Well, how many how many events have we filmed this year? We never see the guy's face because he's looking straight down at a graph. Yeah, he yep. never looks up. So we, we can't pick up their audio because they're, they're pointing their heads pointing straight down. Right. I'm going to start putting microphones on the graph just because it's, it's facing that way. Right. Start, we can hear them clear as a bell. I'm going to start, I'm going to start aiming my cameras up from the front and see so we can get there. But yeah, it's definitely uh definitely a different deal. I also got to spend some time with the new 450 Mercury racing motor. Now, none of us can run this, right? We ain't got a boat big enough. But my God, what a beast. I mean, it was it's impressive. That's all I'm gonna say. It's absolutely impressive. That Sportmaster gear case and everything, it was uh definitely a a killer machine. But um it you know, the target lock deal, it, it's it, it's a cool piece. Um I, I will admit that I thought, you know, I, and I admit this from the get-go, and when we saw that, it's like great. Another foot pedal, more weight on the trolling motor, but if I'm a forward-facing sonar guy, right, and that's how I make, make my living, I, I ran a, a boat with it and one without it. And, dude, having it, you get spoiled really, really quick. There, there again, though, each angler, potential customer, needs to evaluate yes. the situation in, okay, is it worth, I see what this does, and there is a huge advantage having it, but – in your style of fishing or what you're doing, can you justify the cost of that? It, it's not for everybody. It's not. No, it's not. And some guys may have to choose between 360 and live, you know? And obviously live's getting a lot of votes right now because that's the hot new topic. Is 360 still good? Hell yeah. It's a great product, right? It's a great piece of equipment. I love my 360 uh, when I have a boat. I love it. Uh, I've, I've used 360 from day one. And really, really enjoyed using that. And I've caught a lot of fish because of it. So it's it's a great piece of equipment. But you've got to decide, like you said, what works best for you, what fits your budget and your style, and then go with it from there. So that uh, that'll be the deal. David, anything else? I haven't seen a finger in a little while. You good? No, sorry. All right. That's it. Everything for me. <laughs> everything good for you. What have you learned this week, David? Anything? Um I don't know. I, I used it on last week, so nothing. I guess nothing new. I'm getting old, so I hope that you can David, a dumb, David, an old dumb David, dog. David, <laughs> David, 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 you just turned 40 years old, did you not? <laughs> My wife reminds me all the time, yes. <laughs> got a long way to go, brother. You got a long, so. <laughs> you got a long way to go. So quit using the, quit, quit using the, I'm getting old spiel, right? I'm going to get some of that Joe Rogan alpha brain. Um, but uh, what you need. So, KG, how about you? You're just, you you're, just a, you're just still a youngin'. That's it. Just a little young booker. Just a kid, as I call him, right? Just a kid. KG, how about you? Did you learn anything? I think I've already talked about what I learned. Okay. All right. Pike Lives Matter. Pike Lives Matter. I like it. Hashtag face con- fake conservationist. I learned that people are still stupid. That's what I've learned. I can't. I, you can't make it up. People don't observe, and they're no longer observant. Right? No longer courteous. And common sense is just, oh my God, it's tunnel vision, right? Tunnel vision. And, um, I, you know, they act like gynecologists because they all got tunnel vision. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. But I mean, it's just, come on, people. Just freaking open your, your vision a little bit. And um, I, I mean, I don't, <sighs> drive me nuts. That's all I can say. 
Drove 1,000 miles round trip last week, and people just baffle me, completely baffle me. I just want to, I mean, I don't know. I just don't even don't talk to anybody anymore, you know? It's just that bad. But um, anyway, people just, you know. But like they say, if you're going to be gonna be done, you better be tough because Lord knows a lot, of, a lot of people out there that are done. That's for sure. So, But with that said, folks, if you have any comments or anything on tonight's show, make sure you check out or chime in via the podcast hotline. That's the Exxon hotline brought to you by Trickstep. 901-493-0437. We'd love to know your thoughts on anything and everything that we talked about tonight and anything else. If there's other topics that you want us to discuss, let us know. We'd love to talk about it. We'd love to dive into it and uh, and talk and, and see what we can come up with on our behalf or on our on our, our end anyway. Uh, and it also make sure you check out the your favorite subscribe rate and review if you favorite podcast app. And then go ahead and share this podcast with your mom and them. We'd appreciate it. And also, too, David, do you want to do your tournament spiel? Oh, yeah. If you've got – I know some of you guys already have your fall schedules kind of hammered out already. But fall 2023 schedules, shoot them my way, D-Shong, D-X-I-O-N-G, at anglerschannel.com. It'll definitely help me because then I could hopefully start populating some of that information instead of waiting till like, December thirty first and trying to get stuff for January. Yeah. So I, I had some I had somebody call me this week and, and needing your contact information and they're like, Hey, what was that guy's is David, what's his last name? I said Jong. And they're like, Spell that. And I'm like, X I O N G. And they're like, You got Jong out of that? And I'm like, X I O N G. That's how he pronounces it. Stop. That's it. Right? You know? I, I didn't. I don't, I don't make. I didn't birth the child. I don't know. That's what it is. What it is. So like they're questioning me. I'm like, you're questioning the most southern guy here. I don't know. I don't know. It's what it is. It's how it's spelled. So, anyway, it's, it's right because he told us that's what. That's it is. exactly right. That's exactly right. So, well, folks, thanks for hanging out with us this week. Uh, make sure you uh, put that life jacket on. Buck it up tight. Saw a lot of that last week. A lot of life jackets on on people, and some not so much. So, but I'm, uh, I'm where, where I'm sitting right now. Another tournament just took off, and I only saw one guy with a life jacket on. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I, I just don't. I mean, I was, I was actually with a pro this week or a former pro that, I mean, if I didn't have my own, he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, the, like he was, he was the seatbelt buzzer, right? It's buzzing. And I'm like, dude, I got it. I, I'm putting it on. It's right here, you know? So, yeah, but, um, yeah, good stuff. So make sure you put that on. On behalf of our guest tonight, our buddy, Mr. Matt Pangrak from Bass Talk Live for the AC Circus. Guys, I'm Chris Brown. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Weekend, KG. Don't take it personal. Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trick Step. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.